Hello, podcast friends, and welcome back to Ordinary People, Extraordinary Lives. My name is Lance Bain. Good to have you with me again on episode 144 of our little podcast designed to help us experience the grace of God while living, leading, and overcoming those everyday challenges we face in life. Hey, if you want to know more about me, LanceBain.com, L-A-N-C-E-B-A-N-E.com. It's a place where you can learn more about me, gather some of the other resources, share the podcast, subscribe to many of the other ideas that are out there. And it's a way for you to communicate with me where I can learn more about you. I would love to hear from you how these podcasts are helpful. And please consider sharing this with your friends and leave a review wherever you are listening. That helps us more than maybe you realize, leaving a review. So appreciate that. Happy holidays to you. It's coming up on Thanksgiving this coming week, and I hope you have a great holiday season. I'm looking forward to it. Hey, I want to talk to you today on four tips for trustworthy leadership. Four tips for trustworthy leadership. I was scrolling through Instagram the other day, and uh, sort of come across this post that talked about seven things to stop if you want healthy relationships. And as I read through them, I was really intrigued by them. And because I was intrigued by them, I just began to think about what are some tips that I've learned over the years that help build teams that that have trust. Patrick Lanchoni in his classic book, Five Dysfunctions of a Team, talks about how trust is the foundation for healthy teams and teams that get things done. And so I thought through these seven ideas. The uh, user on Instagram is at Nedra Tawab, N-E-D-R-A-T-A-W-W-A-B. Maybe worth a follow for you. So I appreciated her seven posts to stop if you want healthy relationships, seven things to stop if you want healthy relationships. Well, I want to give you four tips today if you want trustworthy leadership, and I think you'll find these tips to be very, very helpful. So let's jump in on four tips for trustworthy leadership. Tip number one is to communicate. It is to communicate. And what do I mean by communicate? Well, mind reading uh, can become difficult in leadership. One of the things that uh, I have discovered in, in leadership is the team I'm working with now, I lead in a local church context, And uh, the team that I lead is you become so familiar with each other that you stop communicating. You lean more into assumption or they'll know what I'm talking about, uh, speculation, just poor listening. And so communication becomes hindered. Communication is the key for great connection. Communication is so important if you want to have collaboration, if you want to have clarity, if you want to have cooperation. Uh, you want to uh, uh, delegate effectively. You want to leverage the strengths and gifts of everyone that is at the table, that's in your small group or in your ministry, on your team, on the leadership team that you have. And so communication is so important. And when I talk about the need to communicate, I'm talking about avoid mind reading. 
If at any moment you feel like you are making an assumption or an interpretation and you haven't clarified your interpretation as to be correct or not, fact or not, then you're not you're not communicating well. So no mind reading and uh, make sure you're communicating clearly and seek clarity, seek for agreement and understanding and collaboration and really just connection around saying, yeah, we're on the same page. Years ago when I was uh, on a team, I wasn't the leader of the team. I had my own team, but I was on an executive team, but I wasn't the leader of the executive team. Oftentimes, I would sit back and listen to what everyone else was saying, and when the leader of the team would come to me and say, Lance, what do you think about this? I, I wouldn't say, no, I have nothing to, nothing, I don't have anything. And my silence, it was really silence, and it just became a problem over the course of several years. And my leader came to me one day, and he said, listen, I just don't know where you're at anymore on the things that we're talking about. Rarely do you contribute something. And so I need more from you than just, no, I don't have anything. And the reason I tell you that story is it's okay if when you communicate and contribute is if you say, everything I've been thinking has already been said. I have nothing new to add. That helps others on the team know what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what your perspective is, what your values may be, what your concerns may be. But silence doesn't really work well because it forces people to read your mind. When there's a communication vacuum, it's going to be filled with something. And it gets filled with assumptions and miscorrect interpretations and misunderstandings. And then frustration builds. A lack of trust is fostered. It's hard to really depend on one another. Don't know where they're coming from. Don't know if we're going to get an upset lance or a, 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 a cooperative lance or an energetic lance because they don't communicate. And so when you communicate, you want to communicate needs. What is it you need? Don't expect people to read your mind. You want to communicate curiosities and agreements. Say, I, I don't have much to add to that, but I really agree with that point. I find that to be really valuable. Even little statements like that can help spur other people to ask you more questions. Maybe they're curious as to why agreement is so important to you or why you see something a certain way. So communicate your needs, your curiosities, your agreements. Communicate your perspective. You bring something valuable to the conversation. And if you want to have a trustworthy leadership team and you want to be a trustworthy leader, you have to communicate. Tip number two for trustworthy leadership, seek solutions, not victories. Seek solutions, not victories. One of the points on the Instagram post that I shared with you is the um, person who posted the seven things to stop if you want healthy relationships. The second element they introduced was stop trying to win fights. And while I love not trying to win fights, I would rather tell you what I would like, and that is to seek solutions. Seek solutions, not victories. Seeking solutions allows for synergy, collaboration, cooperation. Seeking solutions helps the team become more efficient. The horsepower of the team increases while you're not consuming more resources. It's proportional. And so having the kind of synergy and efficiency that you want as a team is very, very powerful. 
You find, I have found at least, that when you seek solutions and not victories, you give people space to be creative, to be collaborative. You give people space to express their courage, to express and to um, build greater connection with one another. These are so important. And so when you're working through together as a team, you're brainstorming ideas, you're assessing vision and mission and how much is that actually happening, you're identifying the glossary of your culture and what certain words mean and the key core values and you're just sitting around and you're just having a chat, you're having a good conversation, you're, you're really moving things forward, you're developing the people around you, you want to make sure that you seek solutions and not victories. <laughs> Victory means somebody on your team is losing. And that's not necessarily what you want. You want everybody winning. When the water rises, you want all boats on your team rising. Synergy is a byproduct of seeking solutions. Efficiency is a byproduct of seeking solutions. Making everyone better is a byproduct of seeking solutions. This is really important because you and I can get frustrated as leaders. Things aren't going the way we want. They're not moving the way we want. And sometimes we can lead out of our frustration and we just become controlling. We become demanding. Um, we isolate. We become just prickly, you know, disagreeable all the time. And we're no longer seeking solutions. We just want to win. We just want this thing to be done and moved on. Friends, I want to encourage you to seek solutions not victories. Tip number one, communicate. Needs, curiosities, agreements, perspectives, no mind reading. And tip number two, seek solutions, not victories. We want to help everyone improve and get better. Here is tip number three. Tip number three for trustworthy leadership. Now, these are just four tips. I hope you know that. There's a lot of factors to being a trustworthy leader. But here's just four tips that I thought would help you today. Tip number four, I'm going to add value to you right now. Tip number four is validate others. Validate others. <laughs> when you can validate others, we stop denying other people's feelings. This is what was so helpful in the Instagram post I really appreciated is you stop denying other people's feelings and perspectives. Validate others. Let me share with you four little ways at which you can validate others. First, and maybe the most simple way is sympathy. Just good listening, sympathetic listening. You feel sorry that someone else is in pain or having a difficult time. You feel you feel just, man, I'm really sorry that that's happening. And sympathy is the most simple thing. And people don't always need your sympathy, but sympathy is better than careless. Sympathy is better than being just ignoring the situation. Sympathy is better than being cold or calloused. But you don't want to stay at sympathy. Moving to empathy is helpful. Empathy, sympathy is, I'm sorry you're in pain. Empathy is, I feel your pain. You're willing to be present in those difficult emotions with another. That takes vulnerability. It takes commitment, devotion, love, a willingness to be with others. 
in their pain. You may not feel as deeply as they feel, but you're willing to feel something of what they feel. And that is important. And sympathy, I believe, when you really grow in sympathy, becomes empathy. And when you really grow in empathy, it will become compassion. And compassion isn't that I just feel your pain. Compassion is I will do whatever I can to alleviate your pain. How can I help you heal? How can I help you overcome? How can I help you be better? Empathy is just going to sit with someone and not try to fix anything. It says, I'm not trying to fix anything. I'm not trying to give you any counsel. I'm not trying to give you any advice. I'm not trying to give you any fancy proverbial meme that I saw on social media. I'm not even going to share a scripture with you or a quote with you or share with you something from my own life, my story to sort of one-up your story or my story to help you understand that I know how you feel. Empathy is I'm just going to sit with you even in the silence and let you feel my presence. I'm with you. You're not alone. Compassion wants to go a little further than that and compassion wants to alleviate the pain. I was with a friend recently who just lost his wife, and we were in a moment, and just sort of out of nowhere, he starts weeping, which was completely understandable. Um, Having lost loved ones close to me, I get the waves of emotions just come at the most unusual times, and they are strong, and they are intense. I chose empathy and compassion. I just sat with him. I didn't try to solve anything, and I reached over and put my hand on his shoulder and just sort of rubbed his shoulder to say, I'm here. I'm with you. And if I can do anything to help alleviate the pain, I want to do it. Friends, that's how we validate others. It's perspective taking. It's listening deep to their emotions, to their tone. It's learning to hear what they're not saying and validating others. I found that most of the time what helps people isn't always a solution, which is obviously helpful, but it's knowing that they're not alone. I've been doing church work for a long time, and I've seen some of the families, families of their darkest and most painful times, the loss of a parent, the loss of a child. I've seen that in the last several years. We had a uh, family in our church that lost their eight-month-old baby in utero. Difficult, difficult, difficult situation. And you have to do perspective-taking and be present and be willing to heal and be willing to feel and be willing just to be with people in that. And when you can listen deep, you can really validate others. And in those kinds of moments, and my mom and dad have passed away, and when I reflect on those times of what I needed the most, I didn't need some witty answer. I didn't even need somebody else's story. I just wanted to know that I'm not alone. Will somebody sit with me in the pain? So this is a powerful way to validate others. That's a lot on the, on the painful side of the scale of empathy, sympathy, compassion, and perspective taking. It's equally powerful on the celebration side, celebrating others at great breakthroughs and moments of accomplishment and achievement. Celebrate other people. Be present with them. Don't try to one-up their celebration with your own celebration. Don't try to take credit for their accomplishment. Just be a humble cheerleader and one who celebrates them radically and extravagantly as well. In these two spectrum, friends, you have a chance to validate others. So here is tip number four. 
Tip number four for trustworthy leadership, and it is to address conflict quickly. I really love Instagram. There's so many little nuggets of wisdom on there. And one of them that I listened to recently was from John Maxwell, and he talked about the need to address conflict quickly. And I love a couple of thoughts that he shared that I'll pass on to you. Uh, And I've learned this from my own experience, too, of confrontation. And I think this is episode 144. If you go all the way back to episode, I believe it's around episode 15, 16, 17, 18, right in that area, I do a four-part series on conflict resolution. And you may find those episodes really, really helpful as we break down what is confrontation and four key steps that you can take to do confrontation well. Okay, but for today's podcast, addressing conflict quickly is really important. Not many want to do it, but it needs to be done. And I believe the reason many don't want to do it is because we have a misdiagnosed, a, a, an incomplete definition of confrontation. So usually it means somebody wins and somebody loses. Somebody yells and somebody doesn't. Somebody's aggressive and somebody's passive. Somebody has to play small in order for somebody else to act big and win. And that's not, that's not real good confrontation. Confrontation just means I'm going to stand in front of you face-to-face, you're equal, you're opposite, one in equal power, maybe not organizational authority or position, but certainly as a human in dignity and in power and in respect and in identity and in worth and in value. And I want to bring something to your attention so that we can find a win-win scenario. This is the power of addressing conflict quickly that you want a win-win. Not every conflict does somebody have to lose. You can find win-win situations. It's hard work, and it takes creativity and innovation and compromise and sacrifice, but I know you can do it. Address conflict quickly, and when you do so, do it privately, do it quietly, do it respectfully. Don't try to correct others in front of the entire team. It unintentionally can shame others, embarrass others, call others out. And so when people make mistakes, they won't feel safe in your presence in a team environment. And so you want to do this privately as much as you can. And you want to do it quietly. You want to do it respectfully. You want to do it with a listening ear. And you want to work hard for the win-win. When problems are ignored, they become contagious. When we ignore conflict and just hope it goes away, it becomes contagious. Now, I've got a situation recently that needed confrontation, but rather than confronting the problem, what I chose to do was celebrate their growth, believing that celebration of growth would create a self-solving pathway to the problem. And so far, that's what it's done. So when I talk about confrontation, it's not always, hey, you did this wrong, change this, change that. Sometimes it's, how are you growing? How are you getting better? How can I help you bring the best you to the table? And in doing so, sometimes in those moments, confrontation becomes a self-solving problem, and that's really fantastic. So addressing conflict quickly creates win-win. So here are the four tips. Let me just rehearse them for you for trustworthy leadership. Four tips that you might consider applying. Communicate your needs, your curiosities, your agreements, your perspectives, no mind reading. Seek solutions, not victories. Make everyone better. Validate others. Empathy, sympathy, compassion, and perspective-taking, celebration, and championing others. And then address conflict quickly. Create win-win situations and do so private, quietly, and respectfully. Hey, friends, thanks for listening to episode 144. 
I love spending this time with you. Have a great holiday season. Stay healthy, stay hopeful, and I'll talk to you soon.